final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Tell me something about yourself, Nick. <laughs> Tell you something about myself. Yeah, about who, who that's, that's, are you? That's a really loaded question. Isn't it? <laughs> super loaded. I don't know. I don't. Since I know you quite well, I don't know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to be on Rabbit Hole. This, this is Rabbit Hole. Let me say that. This is Rabbit Hole. And um, I just heard about this special project that you've got coming up. And I want uh-huh. to tell people about it because I'm really excited about it. And I'm sure that, you know, most of the people that listen to my stuff, uh, would love it too. And I don't know cool. if they know who Nick Benson is though, because Nick Benson is a great friend of mine, uh, that, um, I'm going to let you tell what you do. Well, I've been doing special effects for about 32, 33 years now. Um, Mick and I have worked together on, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Um, I've worked on a, a myriad of 80s movies and just finished a Slipknot music video with Steve Johnson. Um, and in between projects, I, I, uh, I, I do prop restorations and, and, you know, things like that. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, yeah. that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about. You have a real special one coming up that even you're super excited about. I do, and I'm I'm I think I'm more nervous like a long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs kind of nervous. <laughs> uh, I I can imagine yeah. this would just kill me to grab such a, 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 a historic piece. Yeah, it's 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 a tough one and it was a tough one for me to even really wanna to touch it, but you know, I mean it's an opportunity to to you know not only preserve something really cool, but, you know, I know the new owner is going to really enjoy what we do with it. Okay, so so, so describe what it is. So we, we <laughs> I had a, a, a very prominent prop dealer approach me with um, doing different prop restorations, uh, you know, over the last few months, and uh, she approached me with um, quite a large one for the, what was in it's been in it's been in a, a myriad of, of between film the films and television it's been in both um this ship was originally the enterprise b in star trek the motion picture uh built at ilm um then it it uh i think it was rebadged uh, for the series as um Oh my goodness! What is it? The Lakota? No, not as the Lakota. It was something before that. It's and and then they call it that class ship. Um, 
I, I got it's on the tip of my tongue. I'm having I'm having a senior moment here. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So it's been it's it was on it was on um, the series as well as the, well as the films. It's a pretty well known model. It's gigantic. It's it's I think tip to tail. It's about it's just under twelve feet. Oh my God! Really? It's a it's a big beast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a big. <laughs> so, do do you have a shop, a garage shop, or a a, a, a specific other shop that you're? I, I am work. I a lot of stuff I will take on and do and do here either at the house or at a shop that's not far from here that I you know I I usually sort of sublet from uh, Tom Devlin, but um, you know uh, this piece. Uh, is such a large dollar item. Um, the new owner paid quite a bit of money for it, like in the in the seven figure range. Oh my! God. And uh, yeah, and and so that's that's one of the reasons I'm super nervous. Um, you know, it's it's a big dollar item. Uh, he paid a lot of money for it. He wants to have all of its lighting redone because not all the lights work, and the lights that do work. There's still like a, a combination of cold cathode and and uh, you know incandescent lights, so they want to redo that with LED. Well, that while that sounds easy, oh. it's not that easy because the ship has to come apart. Yeah, in order to and do that, you've got to tear it all down. Yeah, parts of that ship don't really want to come apart. Um, while ILM did redo it, they have a full model shop. I don't have a full model shop and machine shop to do all of this thing, so I have to be very careful on how I do this. And, and you know, I've realized that there are places I do have to drill into this thing, and there are places that I do have to, you know, I've, I've, I've already got sections of it open. There are some access panels that are hidden. You can't really see them when it's being shot, so they're very well hidden. But... Um, I've got most of those open, and I've got the top of the saucer off, but uh, down the side in the body, I actually uh, I have a bore scope. If you know what a bore scope is, that's for usually for guns or for running down drains. It's a oh, camera right. that's very small. Camera, camera, very small. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I have a bore scope, but what I'm going to do with that is I'm going to I'm going to take and run that inside the ship before I do anything. I'm going to open that little access panel on the side run that borescope in there, take a lot of pictures of everything, and make sure how the the easiest or not necessarily the easiest, but the but the least damaging way to run these LEDs in there. Right, right. So I have to do what's called mapping. I have to map the entire interior of that thing and make it make sort of like a blueprint. Yeah. And um <laughs> and go from there on how we're gonna attack it. So but there's a lot of light what, what There's a lot of light in there. Oh my God! What 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 year was it made and and uh, what what kind of structure is it? I don't I don't really know what year it was made at ILM, but uh, I wish I could tell you because I don't have the list in front of me of the movies it was in. But whichever the Enterprise B was, I think that was Star Trek the Motion Picture, but it was not the first one. Right. I think it was. I think it was like. But maybe the third one. So you're talking 80s. Um, 80s. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was built in the 80s or 90s. And is it really sure. plastic put together, or is it fiberglass? It is. 
it is it is a combination of fiberglass, plastics. Um, there's bits and pieces of wood, but there's a lot of aluminum inside of it that's like to to hold the cold cathode lighting and right. things like that. Yeah, it's so, sort of it's moused. <laughs> yeah, it's probably I would say it's probably a lot lighter than you know those original Star Trek wooden models that they made. You know, remember they made them out of wood. Oh yeah. Um, but it's a lot lighter than that. But it's still, I mean, being being almost twelve feet long, it's it's a beast. Oh my gosh, that's a, uh, that that is just... so. So are you? So I decided that I get rather than carry the insurance it's going to take to cover that thing. I didn't want it in my living room and have my cat jump on it or something, <laughs> knock it over. So you know, I just I I really was hesitant to take it away from where it's at. So I'm I'm being sort of a mobile guy this time, and I'm going to it where it sits now and working on it bit by bit. So we, we won't even say uh, that the area that, that any of this is in for the sake of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, uh, um, that, that is super, super cool. Do you have any idea how long before? Oh, I also wanted to ask, are, are you painting it? Am I painting it? Yes. Yeah. There are, I'm not repainting the whole thing. It's, its paint job is still very, very nice, and it's, it is currently badged as the Lakota. Yeah. Um, I, I don't believe that any of that is going to be changed at all, but there are some, you know, some stress cracks uh, where the nacelles attach, and, uh, you know, in a couple of other places there's some damage that they wanted me to repair. So I'll be doing that and then, of course, touch-up painting to try and match everything how it needs to be. And you're not um, building the motor or anything. You're leaving it stock. <laughs> <laughs> no, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Huh? Pretty much. You're not going to put Yeah, but what we're going to do is work. <laughs> well, it, in a way, we're putting a little bit of hot rodding in it. As far as the lighting goes, the lighting that we're putting in it um, is LED. And while everybody, you know, the, like there's there's really cheap LED all the way through really expensive LED. But to kind of put it in a nutshell, I don't know how many of your listeners have seen all the recent changes to the uh, the Eiffel Tower here in Vegas. Oh yeah, it's completely um, crazy. Yeah. All of the lighting, all of the lighting that's on that, the engine and the controls that drive that are going to be driving this thing. Oh, awesome! So, and it's funny because I'm only like I'm only currently I'm building two modes into it. I'm going to build a standard, like a standard lit mode and a battle mode. Right. But we could do almost anything with it. Yeah. So because once it's out and hooked up to a computer, you you can do whatever you want, right? Right. The engine that we're we're using for this is the same one that that lights the Eiffel Tower in Vegas. Oh, that's that that's just awesome. That's a, yeah, so it's going to be able to do more. So if he decides later on he wants to do some crazy stuff with it, we'll he just call us up and we'll we can even program it remotely. Oh, that's <laughs> that's great. I love that. So how long how yeah. long do you think that uh, it's going to take you, my friend? Uh, good question. I start next week. I'm hoping to be at least halfway through it by Christmas, but that's a tall order. Well, that's a tall one. That is so cool. So, well, anyway, my friend, that I wish you the best of luck, and and I know that you really don't need it. I know that you, you got this thing wired, uh, and 
it, it's been great talking to you, and w w we'll talk pretty soon. But, um, yeah, good luck out there. Awesome. Thanks, Mick. Okay, man. Thanks. Bye. Take care. Bye. So, what do you think, Daryl? Uh, I, I made me fanboy out. It's amazing. I mean, the Excelsior has been a ship that has maintained, it stayed in use all the way from the original series movie, movies to all the way to, I mean, they even had some mention of it in U.S. and Enter the Enterprise show. Oh, really? Oh, all the way up until the one with uh, Scott, huh? Yeah, well, what they did was they did a time thing, a time loop thing but they were looking through headquarters and they had a a schematic and that schematic was of the excelsior, oh, the excelsior. <laughs> so i mean it's a ship that stays in everyone's mind when they do the every i mean every incarnation of trek it is is always a ship they use like have all the battles the dominion uh uh to the borg to I mean Riker was on an Excelsior ship. He served on one, the Hood, I think it was. Uh like it's such a tank of a ship, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I I I found out that the uh, it, it was called Excelsior. Mm -hmm. Right? And uh that evidently it went through a lot more than um I was just doing a little bit of research that it went through a lot more changes than uh, than Nick was pointing out. Yeah. So it's been around for a while. Oh, the refits on that model, uh, which they put in the cannon too. I mean, it's it's the first one to have the uh, they changed the warp drive, right? And they it was the one to have they when they remodeled it. I think after. Uh, Star Trek two, no Star Trek three. Yeah, didn't get it. I got it got blown apart, and this is the one that it came back as, right? This this particular model. I think that's what it was. Well, the it had a it went through like what three different captains. The it was one captain just for the the first trip of it when they were rebuilding when they were building it. Um, when uh, the Enterprise was supposed to come back and and be declassified, it was supposed to be just declassified or whatever and left. And then they were supposed to move the starships to the Excelsior model because they could go faster, farther. They had more armaments and they could hold more cargo. Yeah. Uh, well, so so what did you think about the size of that thing? Twelve feet long. I'm just trying to imagine the scope of like being in a room with that thing. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> it's just it's oh astounding because yeah. if it's 12 feet long, then it must be like probably what six feet, uh, seven feet wide. I would think. Have to be. Have to be. Have to be because those the cells are huge. Yeah. So. So I I, I it, it's funny. Uh, because I know that the uh, the original Star Trek, the original model of mm -hmm. the Enterprise, was uh, I've seen it before next to a station wagon. <laughs> Oof, man. But, but, but I don't think it was. I think it was like eight feet long. I th the original one. 
but then, wow. but then they they needed they needed so much more detail for the uh, later ones because of the uh, because uh, the film was you know the technology was getting better for the film yeah. and so forth yeah and uh, and and so he's going to put in light uh, all kinds of LED lighting. Um, yeah, look amazing. That, that will look amazing. That yeah, and, and it's completely programmable. Uh, oh wow! Is it? That's just such a cool idea, you know? It is. I mean, to see something like that, like sit in a, I don't even know how they can, how he will eventually contain, you know, like put it up or how he'll do it. I th- I think it's I, I think it's actually. Um, I, I can't even say the town, but I, I do know that it's uh, being put up. I think it's being put up for display. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who bought it bought it for seven figures. So Oof, that's yeah. a big chunk of money. Yes, it is. So so a, so they were actually uh, even up to uh, Enterprise. They were actually still filming it uh, in uh, practically filming it. Right. Right, so they were probably still using motion, uh, motion capture devices and stuff, and or, or not motion capture, but um, uh, it's uh, before CGI. The the way that they did gr- green screen was uh, mm-hmm. you you would click it one at a time on a uh, on a uh, a robotic track. Right, right. Uh, I remember going up to uh, uh, DreamQuest uh, a couple of times and and. There was uh, what they had done is they literally bought out or, or they leased out entire rows of warehouses up in Simi Valley, and each one would have like a different device that's uh, that they're filming, right? You know, like mm-hmm. uh, like they were doing some a couple of submarines from um, some of the uh, submarine films from the eighties, uh-huh. and. Uh, and a couple of spaceships and this and, and and you always saw a huge track with a computerized camera just moving a quarter of an inch at a time. Oh my! And that's how they would go pat. They would they robotically would control the head and go and do a a, a pass in in a black room, mm-hmm. right? And then they would just add a little bit of a star field into it. And that's how you see the ship going past you. Is it's not, of course, the ship isn't moving. It's it's always the the camera is moving around it. Right, right. Yeah, they're just awesome things. It, it awesome is. Yeah. a lot of work, man. I, I, like it shows how much work they had to put into that. Oh my God, the amount of work. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, and you would uh, like. Uh, People don't think about this, but think about all this, the times that you've seen submarines underwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were in rooms full of smoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 20 leagues under the sea. I remember right. that. It's a, a room full of smoke is what it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, can't, we can't film in water. <laughs> nope. So I just thought that I would bring you on and and mm. and, and and let you hear that first uh, mm. before I release it. So you're you're um, Star Trek fan one on that. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. You're the fir- you're the first to know that. 
<laughs> oh wow! I'm, I, man, I I hope that I would love. I hope that they would like somebody would do a documentary or something on on the models and stuff once someday, or at least CBS will do since they need content right for the yeah. all access. Right, like that would be an amazing show, right? To do to kind of like break down each of how they do the the uh, from the beginning of T- TOS to yeah now how they were able to put that stuff oh on the yeah oh, yeah what, you, there's it, it's just fascinating it really yeah is. yeah oh, and yeah, how it I changed know, over cool the stuff. years oh yeah and and now it's done you know completely yeah in in, in computer so uh, that model uh, is basically retired yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, much. It, see, that's a really wild thought for me mm-hmm. because um, it, it reminds me of like just going all the way back to Nightmare on Elm Street Four, which you know those mid '80s shows. Uh, as we were doing like that, that huge show, Nightmare on Elm Street Four was so big, and part of yeah. the reason that I wrote about it. Um, and then as we were walking away, we didn't know that you know that you wouldn't do stuff kind of like that anymore, you know, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that it was starting that, that even our art department started to get changed, uh, you know, and, and then, and at the same time, probably until the end of the nineties, you know, bit by bit through the nineties, things started to get changed. And what surprised me is how long that, that, uh, that they were still shooting models up until, um up and when 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 did uh when did uh, the last star trek series come out enterprise uh ooh, i think it ended around was it like 2000s or something i was gonna say 2000 2001 something like that i guess it seems right yeah yeah, so you know, you know, uh, sometimes I don't remember how far, how far, because I know that in the nineties things oh, started. Oh, two thousand five. Yeah, two thousand five. Oh, wow. Right. Mm-hmm. So, see, I knew that through the nineties that we were still changing stuff around, and we didn't mm-hmm. have like we we didn't have we were creating the standards for stuff yeah. for for changing over to pure CGI, but I knew that it around the year 2000 there wasn't a lot of pure cgi out there mm-hmm. no uh so you have to think that you know they they were still uh by the time enterprise was going they were they were still you know r- not com- not entirely doing cgi they were still running models around so that's really interesting stuff yeah, and I don't want to lose that. I, you know, I think it's important to, with all the science fiction that we're getting now, because all these streaming channels, everybody wants to do their own uh, sci-fi shows. Right. This is where it came from. A lot of stuff is based on it. Wouldn't you wouldn't have these shows if, it, if you didn't have the the ways they came up with how the ship was supposed to look when it flies or how it looks when it it's in battle or how they, you know, made certain lighting look, you know, right. Yeah. The lighting look. Yeah. Yeah. 
everything was important. Everything had to be just right to make it work. And they were doing stuff that no one else was doing. So they had to come up with it first. So that's like when I hear you guys talk about that stuff, it's like we don't want to lose that. Now. Yeah, well, that that was ILM that built that chip. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I, I I kind of doubt anymore that ILM actually has a a, a model making uh, shop. Doubt it. Yeah. Yeah, I doubt it. So, anyway, Daryl, that's why I brought you by. I, I I thought that you would really appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for bringing me on. I'm glad I'm, uh, glad I got to hear that. Yeah. You're welcome. Now, uh, why, why don't you go ahead and uh, uh, give us an advertisement for your uh, podcast? Uh, well, yeah, me and uh, a friend of mine, uh, J.K. Woodward, who we've been longtime friends and longtime drunken Star Trek uh, just fans who have discussed it many times at bars. Um, <laughs> he, he he actually had gotten hired. He's a very good artist, and he's gotten hired by. Uh, CBS and Paramount to actually do models, uh, you know, uh, painted models and stuff and designs for Star Trek. One of them is the Mirror Universe. They've kind of expand, expanded that to the uh, the Voyager shows and the uh, the uh, TNG show. So we been he's been uh, doing that. So he has a project coming out with uh, Voyager, and in that we said let's do a podcast about it. So we. We podcast about uh, Star Trek. We, you know, it's a cool 30-minute kind of thing. Sometimes it goes longer because we babble a lot. And we've had quite a few <laughs> uh, Star Trek guests on there, uh, some actors and some uh, people behind the scenes that are working on Trek right now. Um, so, yeah, it's just a fun – it's not a overly – we have fun. We don't we – don't, it's not so serious. We – we joke about Star Trek. We have a great time talking about it. And it's just like the show. You're fans of something. You, you enjoy talking about it. And that's yeah. uh, pretty much what we do. There you go. Cool. Well, um, uh, that that's that's about it. Not for Rabbit Hole. We've got some other things that we're going to discuss. And, uh, and thanks for coming by. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks. Okay. I had a lot of fun. See you later, man. Bye. All right. Yes, we are back. <laughs> wow, that was quite the teleportation there, transporter. Yeah, that was. I, 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 I think that we were, uh, we were uh, transported through Detroit. <laughs> we, we were, but we are back. Little transporter malfunction there had to stop off Ooh. in Detroit. 
little problem. A little problem. <laughs> problem there. But we are finally back to where we need to be, and we're going to have a quick little discussion about Star Trek following up with those clips there. Mick? So, yes. I was first introduced to Star Trek with The Next Generation. My grandfather watched it with me, and we put together an Enterprise model together. That is something that I remember as a kid. Oh, awesome. Yes. And I have since watched all of the series up to – I have not watched Discovery yet, but I've watched everything else. At least Discovery once. is amazing. Okay, I've Discovery watched the first two episodes. Discovery is amazing. The second season will blow your little mind. Okay. It really is good. And so did you watch all of the original? Eventually, I watched uh, the original series. I watched all three seasons. I have I have seen the original series originally Okay. Um, uh, in black and white. I have uh, occasionally seen some of the uh, early early ones Uh in color, but not a lot of them. Okay. so uh, and and the thing is, is. You could watch uh, – I think that you could watch – earlier in the evening, you would watch um, – oh, what's the one with the – Robbie the Robot? Lost in Space. Oh, okay. We, we would watch Lost in Sp- Save Lost Family in Robinson. <laughs> we would watch Lost in Space, and then we would watch Star Trek. Okay. And, uh, it, and I just remember, you know, uh, the, my, my dad was too cheap to get a color TV. We had a 19 inch, uh, that was on that, this 19 inch, uh, the portable one, uh-huh. right. Which was on that stand. Okay. You know, you know, that stand, you know, the, uh, it's, it's just made out of, uh, uh, aluminum tubes and it has like the little disc wheels on them. Oh, wow. <laughs> That was the stand that we watched it on, and I just remember watching that for years. That was our TV, and it kept getting stolen. <laughs> and every time – I'm not kidding. Honestly, um, <laughs> it got stolen. Yeah. And um, it's like we were like, oh, no, but we have insurance. Oh, that's great. We can go get a new color TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we thought was going to happen, right? Yeah. And then uh, two days later, the police brought the TV back. Now, then, <laughs> <laughs> then two years later, um, two years later, uh, m- my dad was somewhere else, and um, and they ripped, a, uh, they stole the TV again, and uh, and they found the TV. Uh, a week later, just as uh, my mother and I were shopping for a new, for an actual color TV. Oh my! And then we had our black and white TV back, and I was like, "Ah, <laughs> the pain!" You were so close <laughs> to achieving greatness. So close. <laughs> uh, it, it wouldn't have looked very good anyway, because my, I went and saw my uh, all of my neighbors' color TVs and. Uh, you know, uh, often um, 
Spock's face was green, but but so was everybody else's face. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, yeah, you couldn't really tell the difference all that much. So after the original series, they had an animated series. I don't remember ever seeing the anime series. Did, did was it voiced by the same people? I believe so. Let me look. Uh, so few of the things uh, back in the back in the day like that often. Uh, they weren't voiced uh, by the same people. I don't think it was. Yeah. 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 Somebody would imitate it. Oh, I, I bet it definitely was something like that. Then. Uh. Yeah. It, it, it's like the it's like the Beatles um, on uh, the, the Beatles on Yellow Submarine. OK. They were imitated. OK. It wasn't actually them singing. So. So Star Trek, the next generation thoughts on that. I loved the next generation. I thought it was Um, interesting. Yes. It's it. To me, it, uh, I don't know if it's aged all that well, because uh, I'll tell you which was my absolute favorite, Mm -hmm. uh, would have had to have been, um, enterprise. Okay, I love that one, and we will talk a lot more about that when I get that to that one. Uh, that is the one right before Discovery. Uh, right. Oh yeah, I I I loved the ship for that. Yes. I mean, it had this kind of uh, sort of this. Uh, <laughs> I know this is going to sound weird, but it was almost like it had a steampunk actual version of it. Okay. You know. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it it actually had this feeling like it like you were watching the mechanics of it. Mm-hmm. Of course, you weren't. But <laughs> but it, it did have that feeling more than the other ships. The other ships were sleek and, you know, kind of like beyond our technology. Uh, this ship was closer to what we understood. OK. The ship uh, in Next Generation was the Enterprise D. Yeah. The NCC seventeen oh one dash D. The Enterprise D. Uh, you also see it in Deep Space Nine and an Enterprise. And the Star Trek movie Generations. Oh yeah, you do see it in Generations. Do you see it in Enterprise? They said it you there's a specific episode that they said you can see it in. Huh. Yeah. That's wild because I thought it was beyond that. Because uh, Enterprise, I thought it was just when we were just – I Enterprise was uh, the first voyage into uh, – our first big voyage out for Discovery. Mm-hmm. So. It says oh, you well. can see it in the These Are the Voyages episode. Oh. Well, there you go. Uh, and then that but, was uh, followed up by Deep Space Nine, which is a different type of show. Yeah, Deep Space Deep Space Nine is, is is an interesting show because uh, I love the way that it was very rarely about being in space. Yeah, it was like those as problems that happened on that space station. And how they dealt with them and with all the different types of uh, species living amongst each other. And then sometimes they have like some mystery type stuff thrown in there. It was like you're yeah, watching or a detective some, show. Or some pure comedy. Uh-huh. You know, 
I, I mean, it was the, the thing that was great is especially from a storyteller's point of view was that it was just about storytelling. Yes. Period. And it, yeah, they, it, it, it gave them a platform and a sandbox to play in by isolating this whole this group of people with a whole bunch of like drastic differences in culture and ways of life. And it's just. Well, and 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 a device to bring everybody to bring all these new people in. Yes. Through that through the big gate. Right. And one of our takeaways would be quirk. Right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That, that 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 was good. And and you know uh, the access to the hollow, to the uh, what holla, hol- the holodeck, uh, holodeck. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, you, where you could buy the access to your uh, the holodeck and and um, th- that we we knew that uh, as soon as you could pay for it that um, there would be a lot of sex in there. Yeah. <laughs> See that 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 was interesting. It was bringing the whole uh, the exchange of money into it. There mm-hmm. kind of let things get uh, a little bit wilder. Now these shows, some of these shows ran like at the same time as each other, correct? And then we would get some sort of uh, crossover at times. Um, I don't think that they did. I think that Voyager, Voyager might have run about the same time came as after. as well. Okay, the first one, the first one was uh, the first of the TV. Uh, the TV, obviously, the first one was Shatner's, but then mm-hmm. the one with Picard, which was um, Next Generation. Uh, the Next Generation came, what seventy nine or eighty. Something like that, I think. Okay. And Voyager wasn't too far behind. Uh, and then came um, Deep Space Nine, and then Enterprise. I don't think any of them ran concurrently, uh, but uh, it did have crossovers uh, with characters. In, in other words, the times that they were set in mm-hmm. were the same, so that you can. Okay, have here we go. Paramount Pictures commissioned the series following the termination of the Next Generation to accompany the ongoing Deep Space Nine. They wanted it to help launch their new network, UPN. Berman, Pillar, and Taylor devised their stories to chronologically overlap with Deep Space Nine to continue the right. themes, namely the complex relationships between Starfleet and ex-Federation colonists known as Maquis. Yes. Uh, which have been introduced uh, to the next generation in Deep Space Nine. Voyager was the first Star Trek series to include CGI technology for space scenes to feature a female captain, Catherine K- Janeway, as the lead right. character. Berman served as a head executive producer in charge of the overall production, assisted by a series of executive producers, Pillar, Taylor, Brandon Braga, and Kenneth Biller. Brandon Braga just recently died. Did he now? She Uh, wasn't Brandon Braga a woman? Uh, that is a man. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That was a man. I'm 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 thinking of DC Fontana that just died. Oh, uh, okay. DC Fontana just died. So uh, Voyager. So, so what do you think the, of Voyager? The timelines. The timelines of Voyager yes. and and um, Deep Space Nine were all 
concurrent with um and they have a chart here next 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 generation right yes because yeah. of voyager explore different times and stuff they have time uh time uh, travel time home approximations by episode oh really <laughs> yeah so like the gift is 10 years closer night is about two years closer timeless is 10 years closer dark frontier is 15 years voyager conspiracy is three and qt is 19 years closer these <laughs> can jumps you imagine can you imagine the amount of work that has been done to figure that out the amount of of um concentrated uh effort that has been um expended over the the star trek uh, yeah. world i mean that n not only the 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 shows themselves and the t in the movies themselves, uh -huh. but but also the amount of uh, cosplay, the amount of um, effort in tying the shows together, in creating histories, the books, the you know drawings and illustrations and all the rest of that. But I'll tell you one thing mm -hmm. that I. I have always thought it was pretty interesting. Well, interesting. It, it's been part of the way that I live my life. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I know this is going to sound really weird, but my mother used to, <laughs> to argue with me because she was very um, conservative. Oh, right? okay. She was a very conservative human being, and she politically was very conservative. Oh. And, um, and <laughs> she would ask and ask and say, well, you know, why are you a liberal? liberal blah, 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 blah. And because um, I politically have, have always been a very, very liberal human being. And um, finally, uh, just a, a few years ago before she died, uh, we got into an argument. I said, you know what? Now, now I think I can and let you know that the that one reason that has always driven my politics all the way back was – uh, whether or not um, whether or not uh, the world being uh, Republican, w w being conservative or liberal would have gone to the stars mm -hmm. and that I always decided that conservatives would never do it. Only the liberals would. And so therefore, I was always liberal. OK, because <laughs> I, I just can't see. uh Oh, I mean, particularly Picard. Mm -hmm. Did you see Picard as being a, a conservative Republican? No. No, right? Not a chance. Uh, there's just... Maybe there's Spock. Just, maybe no, Spock. Maybe, maybe Spock, but at the same time, I don't think that he would be uh, the ridiculous... Uh, Republican that we have now, the Republicans that we have now. No. Uh, because logic would kick probably every Republican now existing under their ass. You know, lo uh, denial is not logic. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> moving on. Enterprise, one of our favorites. Uh, four seasons of glorious prequel. Oh, so awesome. It is. Uh, the CGI is total ass compared to modern day standards, but damn, is this entertaining. And Jonathan Archer is amazing. Oh, yeah. His character, he he was 
he was the ultimate captain. And I have to tell you, when when he got the job, I was like, so, oh, no, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> I just couldn't conceive of him being that. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he did such an amazing job. He, he really did a home run with this one. Uh, from the first episode to the last, uh, last episode, you are hooked and you want to know yeah, what absolutely. happens next. Absolutely. All the way down the line. And and um, I think that uh, uh, we have to bring up a uh, what would you call it? Um, Participants award to the Orville. <laughs> yes, that show is hilarious. And and it is 100 uh, percent um, in the next generation world. Yeah, it's. Oh, I love it so much. It's it's a, it's a good belly laugh show. Oh, it yeah. is. And, and I have to tell you that the great, one of the great things about it is how um, it is so true to the next generation uh-huh. period, which was, you know, which was encompassing Voyager and it was encompassing and Deep Space Nine. You know, it, it is so a part of all of, of that um, discovery is the new, you know, uh, completely breaking, uh, breaking from the mold, but just awesome in its own mm-hmm. self. Um, but the Orville just so did such a great job of continuing the tradition of the next generation. Yes. And the humor's on point all the time. Yeah. It's- oh, Absolutely. <laughs> It's, it's, it's completely different than other Seth MacFarlane shows. This is right. his ultimate is form. Good. Yeah. Which is good. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> because Seth, Seth MacFarlane doesn't always do the best job. No. <laughs> and that is very evident the, with some of his film. The, what was the Western movie? 31. Oh, man, that was bad. Uh, <laughs> trash. So. But so, that's it. That's that's the rabbit hole, man. That's a rabbit hole. I was just going to say that I think that we have said everything that we need to do uh, uh, about Star Trek. Yes. Um, someday I might get a little piece and we can talk about um, Star Wars. Yes. And we can have some uh, people on to argue with. Yes. And uh, and I guess this is us saying goodbye. Huh? Yep. Bye, everybody. Have a great day.